Today's episode is brought to you by CVTSport.net, Central Vermont's local sports video leader. Our guest today on No Fouls needs little to no introduction. He is the winningest basketball coach in Vermont high school history. He's got the championships. He's got the resume. And he was very nice to a young kid straight out of college who wanted to follow the U32 boys home and away when he was working for SKI. Dan Gandon, welcome to the No Fouls podcast. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's good to see you. It's been a while. What is uh, what is post coaching been like for you? Well, you know, post coaching, I think about all the relationships I made with players and former coaches and referees and you know things like that. And and uh, and uh, a few a few times I had players of players. Uh, in, in my uh, 40 year career. So it was, it was really, you know, I have a lot of really great memories uh, about it. I had some, I had some really good assistant coaches as well. And uh, so it was, it's a lot of, it's a lot of great memories. Let's kind of go back towards the beginning. Was it always basketball for you? No, when I was at Chelsea, uh, I went to Plymouth state and it, Plymouth, Plymouth State. I uh, I played basketball a couple of years, and then I played intramurals. Uh, but uh, at, at uh, Chelsea, when I got the job teaching PE, it was every kid in the school, and, and I coached soccer, basketball, and baseball. And in high school, I I went to Groton High School, and Groton High School closed my sophomore year. But it was such a small school. I played baseball the eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade. Not that I was a star or anything. And then uh, my last two years, I went to Danville, and I played soccer two years. And the first year, the coach he put me in a. I was backup goalie, and I. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. And then the next next guy that came in, he actually played at Springfield College. He played soccer and he he made me a sweeper in the back. That was fun. But uh in baseball I played that too, but basketball was my thing. It really was. And uh and then I went to, as I said, I went to Plymouth. And then I uh my first job was at Chelsea and uh it was fun. I have a lot of great uh, relationships with, with, with former players and stuff. Uh, I actually went uh, when I was up in Vermont during deer hunting. I go, I go up there every year. My brother and I own about 140 acres and ride around on a little gator. And it's just beautiful. If I see a deer, you know, <laughs> I try to get it. But uh, but uh, uh, this, uh, this, this guy, unfortunately, he passed and I knew him and uh, – Arnie Brayman, who played for me at Chelsea, was his nephew, and uh, I saw Arnie there, and uh, it was it was great. You know, I just I just I've kept that relationship with, with my players, mm-hmm. a lot of my players, and and uh, Dan Violet, uh, he was my athletic director at uh, at U thirty two, and he is the best one I ever had. Uh, 
he uh him and i uh, he, he was gaelic and i was garlic he uh, his real last name was murphy he was he was adopted uh and garlic uh, gandon i doesn't sound italian but my grandfather again gandine aristide antonio gandine he came from northern italy and he was uh Bill like my brother greg uh or my brother's built like him, I should say. He's short, fairly short. Greg could hit a ball a mile, though. He was a way better baseball player. But uh, anyway, uh, it was it was just it was just a, a lot of fun with the relationships I had. And uh, then when I went to Williamstown, I actually coached there one year, and that was fun. And I got certified in science and health. Uh, and at U thirty two, I taught uh, I taught science and health. It was low level science, but I had the kids dissecting things. And, yeah. You know, I'd, I'd go fishing. I'd go fishing uh, on the lake in the winter, and I'd put some perch in the bottom of a pail. I'd cover them with ice, and then we would. I'd have the kids, and they were low-level kids, and I'd have them, you know, take the operculum off so they could see the heart beating and things like that. Um, and that was fun. I, I enjoyed doing that. And then I coached just basketball. Uh, yeah. But. Uh, uh, I remember one year, <laughs> this guy, Gary, uh, Gary Levin. Oh God, he's a great guy. Great guy. And some guy behind me hollered at him across, across the court and he teed me up. Well, I said, Gary, <laughs> Hey, believe me, I, I got my share of teas too. <laughs> I think it might be the Italian or Irish in me. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> but Gary, one time he was down to down to Randolph, and I went down to to scout a game. Uh, Bruce Viens was coaching at Randolph, really good friend of mine, He's a really good coach. And uh, Gary was running down the court, and he tripped up, and he and he fell on his back, and he went around and around. But he made a perfect call. <laughs> he he just retired, uh, or he retired a few years ago. He's a great guy, so. I have a lot of great relate had a lot of great relationships with uh one year I, I had some parents who wanted to get rid of me. Uh one of my players, he he stood up and he spoke to him and he said, We don't have a shred of evidence against you, Dan. And, but big Dan, Dan Violet, oh my word, he sat with me, he said, I'm gonna sit with you to calm you down, Dan. <laughs> I loved him to death. He passed uh I went up to his funeral. I don't know, three or four months ago, and I spoke, but he was just, he was, he was a wonderful man. Yeah. And uh, we umpired baseball together. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. One time we were doing the state final down at Norwich, and uh, I happened to have a plate where we used to rotate. And, uh, and I'm not, I'm not making fun of Dan. He was, Dan actually went to Castleton and he played baseball and he got drafted by the, by the uh, Yankees. He was a way better baseball player. He was a pitcher. And I was Tiny Tim compared to him. But anyway, a guy was running from first to second, and Dan turned around before <laughs> the ball got to him. He hit him right in the backside and went straight down. <laughs> hit him right in the ass went straight down. <laughs> I had to call timeout and go blind to dunk out. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> But I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun with players too, and, and basketball, and uh, a lot of great memories. And uh, so, who was the first coach that made an impact on you that you remember? Uh, 
I'd say, you know, I'd say Rick Haynes. Rick Haynes was the guy I had. Merle Fitzgerald. Merle Fitzgerald I had at, at uh, Groton High School. And uh, Rick Haynes I had at uh, Danville High School. So the, the, I'd say probably Merle was the first one. Because Merle said, look, Dan, he said, I think you, I think you can be a teacher and, and so on and so forth. So it wasn't just the, you know, the fact about playing sports, but also uh, – so yeah, Merle. He was Merle. Still, God, Merle's got to be mid eighties. But he was a really, really good teacher too. Groton was so small. Being a principal, you also had him as a teacher. You know, they did a lot of things. And then Rick, he was very instrumental. And actually, when I I I, uh, I refereed soccer, and then I'd have knees. I had knees done. I've had uh, two back operations, two knees, two shoulders. He did a brain or. Something else was next. <laughs> but I had years later. I had Rick. He w- he went back and he was he was coaching at uh, 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 Mount Anthony because he grew up in he went to a Catholic school in Bennington, Vermont, and uh, he had a playoff game at Essex. And I went to I went to referee and he was there. He was coaching. I said, "Hey, Rick, he's Dan." <laughs> I had a good time refereeing as well and umpiring. So, yeah. Did you always want to try to get into coaching or was it kind of one of those, you go to a smaller school, you're the PE teacher. We need coaches too. Yeah. No, I always wanted to. Yeah. Coaching was the thing I really wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the fact, I think playing basketball uh, and, and playing sports, you know, all the sports and stuff. Basketball was the main thing, but I really, really wanted to get into coaching. That that was probably the most important thing for me was, was the coaching part. Yeah. Yeah. My dad, he, uh, dad played town team basketball. Uh, and I used to go and I used to watch him play, you know, and that was fun. Uh, then my uncle, he played, uh, uncle Butch, uh, Gaylord. He, he was, he was the youngest in the family and dad was the oldest and there were all girls in between. And the first time that Groton high school went to the state finals or actually the quarterfinals, I mean, the semis in Barry auditorium, uh, we were able to go. They, they basically sh- shut down Groton high school, the school, and we could go yeah. over and to Barry Odd and watch him. And they won. They 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 beat uh, I think it was Shelburne they beat. So that was really cool. And that was that that motivated me to play too. Yeah. So So you get to U thirty two and I think most people that'll listen to this podcast will connect you with U thirty two because that's where you were for almost forty years. What yep. was kinda what did you walk into at U32 at that time? Were you building from the bottom or? No, the guy who was coaching there, he, he had set up a really good program at U32. His name was Dave Faulkner, and he had created a really good program there. And they went and played, I think it was the year he retired or left. He didn't retire. He, he went back to Lebanon High School in New Hampshire. Uh, he went to Springfield College and he went back to Lebanon, but they, they actually, I think they, in the, they went to the finals. And then, uh, then I came, I had an interview and I, I, I got the, I got the, uh, the job, 
which was really good. But Dave Faulkner, he did a really good job there. He built a program. And he, what you had, when you have a union school and you have kids from, you know, Worcester, Berlin, East Montpelier, uh, Callis, you know, all these, all these schools, uh, it, it was, it was different. It was different, but, uh, yeah, he, he, he set things up really well. I, I liked him. I, I never, I remember seeing him play basketball a few times. Growing up in Groton, they used to have a tournament in Woodsville, New Hampshire. And uh, I used to go down town team. And I remember one year he was, he played, I think it was a Montpelier independence. It was, and I'm sure he might, he must've played some college stuff too. But uh, Tell me a little bit about that first group to get you that title in 1992? They were amazing. They were amazing. I had uh, twins, uh, and uh, Jamie and uh, Jeremy, and their mom had them when they were 14. And one of them had some severe issues his junior year. I mean, it was a miracle he survived what he tried to do. And we surrounded him with love. I mean, we got a counselor and everything. And Kevin Holmquist, oh, my God, could he play. Kevin was about 6'4". Kevin could drive baseline, tomahawk it. He could turn around jumpers. He could do all this. John Wolfe. John got cancer his freshman year. And Kathy Seeger, Kathy had gotten cancer. Kathy was an aide in my class. Her husband, Jim, was the hockey coach at uh, U32. And he also went to Norwich. So I had a special, a very special connection with that. With Kathy says, you just, you just got to be there for John and, uh, but anyway, we uh, we made it to the finals, and we're playing Milton. It's a tight game, and down the court comes this guy, but he could light him up. John Wolf jumped in front of him. Another kid, the kid I was talking about, the twin, knocked the ball loose. The ball went in the air, probably 11 feet, and, and Kevin Holmquist, who could jump 11 feet, got it, and he threw it to Joe, Joe Balzanelli, who was built like I am now, and he laid it in the first championship. And all the kids in the Barry Yard, you know, where the, where the stage is, they yes. were up in the bleachers. They all jumped down one row. They, they broke the bleachers, and my wife – she threw the book in the air. She was doing the book. And we're there. And and John is hugging me. And he's saying, Dan, we got it for you. Dan, we got it for you. And I'm just, I'm a puddle. I'm just a puddle. I mean, I was, it was so, I was so happy, but I was so happy for him. And John has just done so well. I mean, he's, they, uh, his, his cancer doctor had him donate. And he has uh, three boys. He has uh, twins and another one. And uh, two of them are hockey players. John was a basketball player. 
but uh, but I ha- I'm connected with with, all, with many of those players. And John actually works in the state house. But it, it that was what a great just what a great experience that was. Yeah. Was the uh, the kid from Milton Brent Kendall? Yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah, and I was told I was told he had one of the best shooting performance in Barry Auditorium history against you guys in that game. Abs- oh, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. We played, I told Dan, we played them, I think in the playoffs, it would have been my kid's junior year. And Brent, he just lit us up for 50. And I told Dan, I said, we got to play them. To be the best, we have to beat the best. And And Dan said, yep. Yeah, we'll play him next year. He said, I'll do what I can. So we played him. So <laughs> you can get a kick out of this. So, so we're over there. <laughs> and I, once again, being Italian and Irish, <laughs> I, 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 got, <laughs> I got pissed off. <laughs> I grabbed the chair. <laughs> do you, you probably remember when Bobby Knight threw a chair across the floor. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that or not. I think everybody. I said back then, you damn fool. You're a high school coach. Well, then, then I sit down and, oh, my God, I had such a cramp in my stomach. It, it was bad. And, and my assistant coach on my right, he said, oh, God, Dan. And Bill Crony, who was doing the radio, you remember Bill, yeah. right? He's doing. He goes, "Ow, a foul was committed, but no one was touched." He said, <laughs> "Yeah, so that's why we played him the next year." Yeah, we did. So, how cool was it for you? You said being that young man in the entire town goes to the auditorium to see the team play, to be there and have this huge crowd and be able to win a championship at the Barry Auditorium? Oh, it was the coolest thing that ever happened to me. But it wasn't, you know, and I was able to focus on the fact that it was, wasn't was just all about me. It was about all of us together, surrounding each other and working hard together. Yeah, it was. It really was. Those those guys, I'm telling you, they were they were just totally committed. They were totally committed. I remember Kevin during that game, Kevin Holmquist, he got – they had a kid from Milton, and I'm not knocking him, but he was big, and he kept whacking on Kevin, and he whacked him in the leg or something, and Kevin was limping, and limping, he could hardly – oh, God, he was out here <laughs> shooting a foul shot. I said, hey, shoot the damn thing. <laughs> oh, oh, he says <laughs> – Bang, bang. He made a ball. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kevin, he went He went to school in uh, Florida, and he played basketball a couple of years. I remember one time he called me. I had a class I was teaching, and he called me, and I went out and spoke to him. He said, Dan, what do you think? He said, the coach wants me to play. And I said, Kevin, what the hell? Why not play? So, And then he – from there, he went out to California, and there was one of those shows on TV where 
it was about a, a bunch of doctors. It was a bunch of doctors in an emergency room and stuff. Well, anyway, Kevin, he was he was part of that show at one time. But basically what he was, he was like this. He was on the operating table going, that's all he did. <laughs> Try, George Clooney. George Clooney was. Oh, uh, was ER? Yeah, it was ER. Yes, yes, yeah. So Ke- Kevin was in there. Kevin now is in South Carolina, and he works for a company that they'll bring in these tankers to, with with gasoline and oil here on the coast where we we are. And I remember one night we have a. I mean, we have an. Our house isn't very big. It's you know all one level, and in the backyard we have a pool on top of the ground. We have a hot tub, not huge. I'm out there, you know, relaxing in the hot tub. And all of a sudden, I turn. There's Kevin looking at me. <laughs> oh, he he's an amazing guy. Amazing career. Yeah. You know, I have a lot. Like I said, I have a lot of great memories. So. You mentioned yeah. more than a few times, a bit fiery at times, and you can get excited. Oh, yeah. So what do you look for? in your assistant coaches or your JV coaches to kind of balance everything out? Well, I'll tell you, probably uh, I have two J- two JV coaches uh, that were the best ones I ever had. Uh, the first, first one, the best one was Mike Mackey. Uh, Mike actually was from Kentucky. Uh, excuse me. He was from Cleveland, Ohio, and he Went to Berea College in Kentucky. He played against Dave Cowens in high school. And Mike was my JV coach. And he really helped me calm down. And he got into this thing with the guy that was coaching at Wisconsin. He had developed this thing called the pack line defense. And his son is now the coach of Virginia. And he, when he, Went from uh, JV coach on the, on the boys. He went to the varsity girls, and in two years he won a state title. And then he came back and he sat with me on the bench, and uh, and I started using that that uh, defense. And it was just the other thing is he he had an offense, you know, that he gave me, which was really really good. And then he he you know he got done, and then Chris Hudson who is now the coach at Twinfield. Chris played for me. It might have been my first or second year at U32. And he he became, well, after after Mike left, I get this one knucklehead who was, oh God. anyway, I don't want to get into that. I went to, I went to my buddy Dan Violet and Dan says, don't worry, we're going to have a meeting with him. Out the door he went. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, Chris Hudson, he got the job, and Chris Chris did an amazing job. And Chris is now the head coach at Twinfield. Yep. But I had a I had a lot of fun. Uh, and then the other thing I did, and Chris Chris helped me. And I'm not, I don't know how many other coaches do this. I had a really good relationship though with Lenny Drew and Fran Pinar a really good relationship with them. And uh, Dan Hudson, uh, Aaron Hill, really good. 
Uh, I had a summer league and Aaron brought his team down and played and his, his brother was helping him, but I had a summer league and I had, uh, because our courts at U32, you probably seen they mm-hmm. one there's one here and then there's one on extended. Yeah. And, and we would have a JV and varsity game at the same time in the summer, in the summer league. And Aaron, he just, it was great having him there and, and they had Spalding and, uh, uh, Fran Pienaard, we were we were really good friends. He did a really good job. And Lenny Drew, one time we played uh, in the playoffs, and uh, my kid drove baseline, and I think I think Montpelier was up by one, and t- it was like ten seconds to go, and my kid drove baseline, and he missed it, and he missed it, and he missed it, <laughs> and they won. And I turned around, and Lenny jumped right in my arms. You know, I just I just loved him to death. I really did. Uh, Charlie Phillips, uh, I went to, and when he passed, it was sad. But uh, Dan Violet and I, we went down, and uh, uh, Charlie Phillips spoke at his, at his uh, it was a celebration. You know, he's just a great, great guy. Uh, he was, uh, he was, uh, 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 he went to Notre Dame, and then I think he had something to do with Army. Uh but he was just he really, really good coach. He coached, uh, I know he coached at Linden, and he coached at St. Jay and then Montpelier. So, uh. You mentioned, you know, the summer leagues, and those have become very popular in recent decades. Uh, how much were you guys involved with the youth programs in the area? Because you were known for being incredibly consistent over – almost 40 years at U32, putting out good teams. Were you getting involved with the kids' programs at younger ages? Yes. What I did every summer, I had a clinic for those kids, a week-long clinic, and it was for kids uh, uh, grades grade 5 through 8. Every summer I did that, yeah. And it was great. And that way uh, – you know, when they came to U32 in the seventh grade, I got to know them. I mean, they got, well, they got to know me in the fifth grade. Right. And, and I would, and I would, I'd go in a lot of times, this, the seventh and eighth graders would be practicing before we did. And I'd always go in and I'd watch them and talk to the coaches and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I got to know these kids and it was nice to get to know their parents as well. So Montpelier U32 will always be a rivalry, but I think one could argue it was never as big a rivalry as those 2000s, early 2000s. With you, Coach Nelson, tell me a little bit, because I know you've told me stories before when I was at the gyms about, you know, Scorching hot locker rooms, freezing locker rooms, just little games back and forth. Yeah. Well, we played we played uh, Montpelier two years in the finals. And my mom had got cancer and passed. And I told Dad, I said, look, Dad, if we make the very on, I want you to sit with me on the bench. Okay, I will. So we did. He did. and came in, and we played Montpelier. And... We uh, we beat him in overtime, and all the parents ran right up to Dad after the U thirty two parents, 
he is going to set he is going to let you sell with him again, right? <laughs> I said, yeah. So that was that was really good. that was really good. And the next year, uh, we played him again in the finals, and and we beat him again. And uh, it didn't go into overtime. We beat him by more. And I had a I had a good I had a good crew of players. Uh, I I coached uh, three of the Barry brothers, and uh, I coached uh, Tanner Price. He was good. I coached. Several others. They, they were good. It was they were good players. Uh, when all the parents came up to dad, and said, "You are going to sit with him again." And dad says, "Nope, he's going to have to win that one on his own." <laughs> <laughs> but Nelson, he you know he he did a he did a good job when he was there. He really did. Uh, and then there was some issue. I don't know what it was, but he got done. Uh, but uh, the guy coaching there now has done pretty well. Yeah, Nick so, Foster. Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. I get to watch him. Uh, I get to watch him. You know, now and then on on my phone. U thirty two in Montpelier and Spalding. I think Spalding is actually doing better this year. Uh, yeah, they are a little bit. Yeah, they're the number one team in Division two right now. And I was yeah, talking with Aaron Hill the other day. Because they're playing them, yeah. um, I think, tomorrow, as you and I yeah. are, so the day this comes out. And he said yeah. they look like as good a team as he's played against in his, whatever, 22 years with Hazen. Aaron has just done an amazing job there. He was an amazing player, too, but he really has. He's got one – well, he's got a, a lot of good players. He's got one that's – oh, man – he scores like crazy. Yeah, uh, Rivard. Yeah, yeah. I loved. I used to love playing Hazen. I really did. Uh, uh, well, especially when Dan Hudson was coach. <laughs> uh, the uh, I love Dan Hudson. Oh, Dan grew up a Hazen guy, and he was athletic director while I was there yeah. for quite a while. And just. Yeah. He was our golf coach. Oh, Not yeah. many people better than Dan Hudson. Dan, Dan was an incredible athlete, too. Dan, Well, Dan Hudson and Dan Violet went to Castleton together, I think. Dan Hudson might be younger than Dan Violet was, but I know Dan Hudson played baseball, too, golf, basketball. I remember seeing Dan Hudson play in the, down in the Woodsville tournament. He played, I think he played for the Montpelier Independence. But he, yeah, he was he was a great great guy. And his well, Chris Hudson, who was my assistant coach, his father and Dan were brothers. Yeah, yeah. Bill Hudson. Yeah. So, yeah, no, Dan, I liked him. I liked him. He was a good guy. Yeah. Well, he, he is. He is a good yeah. guy. You were always kind of known for having tough physical teams. How do you get that out of a team consistently? Can you can you teach that? Can you instill that? Or is that something you just have to be fortunate to have the right kids on the team at the right time to kind of set that tone? Well, I think I think what you do is you set up I in 
In practice, every day, what we would do is we do a half-court thing where we would, would have the defense versus the offense. And, and I, I really concentrated on the defense. I said, now, look, you've got to be physical. I mean, not, not be stupid physical, making fouls, and, you know, really dumbass fouls, but you've got to be physical. And so I really, I really taught that. I, I think, I think that was part of it. Um, so it might, it may have been a combination of, of that, you know, the, the philosophy I had and, and the practice stuff we, we did. Yeah. And I had kids, you know, I had kids of all different calibers that, that, uh, you know, some were, some were way more physical than others. Some were really too physical, you know, <laughs> not very, not very bright about it. So. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like you always had it. Yeah. It seemed like you always kind of had at least one of the, you know, Jake McArdle types who would just yeah. go in there and just bang for you for four oh, quarters. Yeah. I remember Jake. Oh yeah. Yeah. He would. Yeah. I'm well, interested to kind of get your perspective over 40 years coaching. Kind of tell me how it's how it changed over 40 years. Maybe for the good and maybe some for the for the worse in terms of, you know, how high school basketball has evolved. Well, I think I think there was a change in terms of philosophy by some of the parents and some of the administrators and some of the, some of the, when I say administrators, like superintendents and board members and things of that nature. I I think that might've been it. When I was, when I was brought up, I was brought up to, to play very, you know, very tough. And, you know, you, I think you were too, you know, so there was, uh, it kind of got to be that way. My last year, I had a parent. He was just being a pain in the ass. He, he kept going to, the, going to the athletic director and calling me every Sunday. And this kid was only a sophomore. And finally, I said, look, you need to, you need to let your son be a player. Let me be the coach. You be a parent. Don't call me again. So at the end of the year, I had to go, uh, he went, he went to the superintendent or he went to the principal. Oh, first he went to the athletic director and she didn't, she was fine. And then he went to the principal, the worst one I ever had. He sent me home. He sent me home for, for 10 days and they interrogated my kids and the assistant principals. And then I went and I met with a superintendent, a rookie. And I sat there and I said, you know, I've been coaching and teaching for 40 years. I get the most retirement I'll ever get. I've had a great experience with kids. There's two ways I could go with this. I'm going to take the high road. Then a week later, that asshole parent went to the state board of education and tried to get my pension. Unbelievable. So then I 
got a got an attorney with the uh, teachers union, and in walked this big tall guy. He was a retired police officer, and he was an investigator. And sat down, and uh, he asked me. He said, "Do you ever know Stretch Gillum, Dan?" I said, "Yeah." I said, yeah, I said, he coached at Kimball Union Academy in Lebanon, New Hampshire, and then he coached at Hartford, and he coached at Oxford. I coached against him at those. He said, well, I played played for him at Kimball Union, and then I went to UEM. He said, now i got to ask you some tough questions. I said, okay. So he did, and he said, Dan, I don't have one shred of evidence against you. So I did take the high road. <laughs> Being Italian, though, was ours. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. still have, or do you have any hard feelings towards U32, or? No, not really. Not really. It wasn't. It. I mean, that guy left. That principal, he left quite a while ago. Uh, so, it, uh, yeah. I've, I've, I've let it go. You know, I, I, I focus more on the kids. I actually was, when I was up in Vermont deer hunting, you know, we had, we had a week between seasons and I went up and I, I talked with the secretary there. I talked with uh, several of the people there. Uh, Steve Town, he played for me. Uh, he's the PE teacher there. Steve, Steve went to Plymouth State, he played soccer. And uh, Jim Furlan, he played for me. He's now, he was assistant principal at Spalding and now he's working with special needs kids at U32. He's there. And uh, so I have a lot of, you know, former players that, that I reach out to. And yeah. So. Well, what yeah. do we have to do to kind of embrace the history? I feel like the all time winningest coach, it should be like Gandon Court or something over there at U32. Well, they, you know, they, they talked about that. They talked about naming it. And. There was, I think there was uh, almost a thousand signatures for it. And they didn't do it. So, okay. Yeah. It's what it is. <laughs> uh, let's get into some, maybe some more fun questions. Who were sure. a few of the refs that you loved to see walk into the gym before? One of your games. Oh, geez. Um, I had a whole bunch of them. Oh, Tino Lavin. Yeah. I, I, I loved him. Yeah. I also had, uh, oh, Mel Canary. No, not Mel. Uh, no, Mel and I, we did soccer together. Um, there were very few I didn't like. You know. Yeah. Mel Canary. Uh, uh, Tino, Tino was, he was really good. I remember we were playing St. J Academy. That's when they had Darumple. And they were beating us by 55. And I didn't have a very good team. And I went out on the court. And I went all the way down. I said, and and there was, uh, there was the guy. And I said, uh, I said, Jesus Christ. Oh, Messier, Norm Messier. That's who it was. I said, blah, 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 blah. What the hell is he doing? Why is he leaving him in? Da, 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 da. He said, well, I, I, I totally agree with you, Dan. But he said, you do realize you're all the way down the other end of the court. I got to give you a T. I said, 
Yep, I do. <laughs> no, I had many, many referees I, I liked. I, I had very few. Uh, Spencer Noble, that, that's another one. I liked him. Uh, uh, very, very few I didn't didn't like. You know, uh, I, I did my best not to get worked up about them. You know, I think they just went out and they did their job, you know. Give me maybe three of the best players that you coached against. Well, Brent Kendall, that's definitely one. Yeah. Brent Kendall, he was, yeah, he was one of the best. Then there was some, uh, well, you know, as I said, Hazen, Hazen had some really good players too. Uh, and, and Montpelier did and Spalding did, you know, we played them and we played, uh, Harry Ledoux and I, we were very good friends. Harry was a coach at Windsor, and I can't think of their names, but Harry had some players that were really, really good too. I was going to so, say, you and Harry had some really good battles over the oh, years. We did. And he just we did. He just retired, so. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, I've been in contact with him for years. Uh, we, uh, we actually played. He said, Dan, come on down. He said, down in Southern Vermont. He said, why don't you play with us? And so I, I did. I went down and played with him one time. <laughs> Town team. Uh, no, Harry, he was, he was good. He was good. Yeah, and he was a really good coach. Uh, yeah. Jeff Gilmad, he was one of my best players, too. Uh, Jeff, man, I'm telling you. His father was Dave Gilmet. I don't know if you remember him, but. Dave, uh, he he had his he had a garage, and then he worked in Southbury, had a business where he sold Nissan, and then he worked at the uh, Toyota place. But Dave, he would throw the shot put, and he had to stay record. And then Jeff, Jeff was throwing a shot put. So and Jeff was a good basketball player too. I mean, really good and great kid. And, and Jeff was was throwing the shot so far, they had to add, I think, eight loads of dirt, dump truck loads, to increase it. So he said, Dan, he said, or, or Dave, his father, he called me up. He said, would you call, would you mind calling the coach at, at UVM? I said, no, I'd gladly do it. And so I called him up and I, I said, look, I'm going to tell you, sir, I don't know shit about throwing a shot put. <laughs> but I said Jeff could throw a fucking Subaru across the football field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jeff, he he was amazing. He was amazing. Uh uh he was he was a really good basketball player too. Yeah. Yeah, he was one of my best too. I don't want to say compare cuz that's not the right word, but are you able to kind of embrace and see like the difference between you know a Jeff and maybe even a Ryan Shea towards the end of your career you've had such a run of these players yeah yeah well Ryan and Jack they they, they were good they were good players as well and and uh, the last state title we won they were on the team and their dad he was a great guy I mean he I remember he brought up some videos he had a you know schools we were going to play and stuff and gave them to me. And the center on the team was a tall. Uh, Justin slender. Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Justin. And we were down to Randolph and 
I said, you know, you're either going to you're either going to get your shit together or you're going to need a pad for your ass on the bench. <laughs> that was in the locker room. I said, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm telling you, he played he played well in that state final. That was great. Yeah, we beat pretty sure we beat Masiskoy in that in that final. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, those two, those two could shoot. Those two brothers, yeah. That was fun. That was fun as well. Yeah, I had, you know, I had a lot of fun with kids. And... Give me a few players you've had through the years who were real glue guys. Not necessarily like those other names. They're not going to show up, you know, in the box score in the Times Argus, but the team wouldn't have been the same without them. Yeah. Uh, well, Pat McGinn, Pat McGinn was a good player. He really was. And then I had Jeremy and Joel Witherspoon. They were twins. They were on the team the first year I coached. And and they played very well together. Uh, Dave, uh, Randy Goodall. Randy, unfortunately, he got into alcohol pretty heavily in the past. But Randy was a, Randy was a good player as well. Uh, so, I, yeah, I had, a, I had a bunch of kids like that. They played very, very hard, very well, you know, and they worked hard. You know, I mean, sometimes we won, sometimes we didn't. Uh, I had MJ Massetti. He couldn't play for shit. <laughs> Michael John, he was a great kid, but he was my social worker. You know, when I had when I had trouble with one of those twins that I was telling you about, um, that, you know, basically tried to end his life, uh, he was a social worker. He'd come say, Dan, he said, he's having trouble. I said, hang with him, hang with him, bring him up here if you need to. So, I, you know, it was it was a lot more involved than just the coaching aspect. It was a social connection I had with the kids as well, yeah. you know. And, and a lot of the parents I had really good connections with, too. And I had kids of kids uh, – Richard Hall and his son, they both played for me. Chad, uh, Chad, Chad Scribner, he played. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had a lot of players that were, you know, they were fun. So, Finally, yeah. I'd like to ask, if you're uh, going out to dinner and you can bring four coaches with you, who do you want to have dinner with? Four coaches with me? Uh well, Aaron Hill, obviously. <laughs> well, Fran Pienaard would be good. Uh, Lenny Drew, he passed, unfortunately. Did I say Dan Hudson? You didn't. Uh, yeah, Dan Hudson. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Dan Hudson and Chris Hudson. Yeah, man. Yeah, I remember yeah. when I was a kid, they would do how they were doing the Lenny Drew Classic at the end of the season yep. at Montpelier every year. And, man, those yep. were some fun games. They were kind of like a north-south oh, game, but a little more fun and edgy. Yeah, one time, Lenny, uh, uh, Fran Pienaard, he made the uh, – he, he was going to coach. He coached the All-Star game, uh, north-south game, and he asked me to help him. And we, it was at Montpelier, and uh, – so I was I was on a bench with them and we were in there we were talking and it was really fun. It was really fun. Uh, yeah. 
Well, Coach, I want to thank you for giving me so much of your time, and hopefully we'll see you around a basketball court maybe sometime. Yeah, well, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, everybody, that's hopped in. Like the Facebook page, No Fouls Pod. I want to thank cvtsport.net for coming on. They're going to sponsor some episodes here of the show. If you want to be a part of the No Fouls Podcast, you want to sponsor the podcast, you can send us an email, uncommonmediavt at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with another coach right here on No Fouls.